Hello, besties. Welcome to Martinez with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we spill the tea, dissect the drama, and uncork the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV show. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I'm trying. I'm testing this stuff on Instagram, and I'm hoping that I'm not making any um what's it called like an echo if you hear an echo please let me know because this is my first time trying this new feature that my streamers have right now where people can actually join from instagram as well but i am a little confused not gonna lie um i'm just hoping that you guys are able to just listen to the conversation and not have an echo. Please let me know. I really want to know. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, let me tell you, we're going to be talking about everything Bravo this week, December 11th to 17th. You know? Um, yes. Guys, please, if you are listening and watching, please let me know if there's an echo. I just want to make sure of that because this is going straight to my podcast and I don't want to have that issue. So like I said before, we're going to be talking about everything Bravo during the week of um, 11 to 17th. There's a lot to talk about, to be honest. There's a lot to talk about. It's one of those weeks where we are getting closer to the... Um, to the... Um, the holidays, right? And the closer we get, the maybe the less Bravo stuff coming out. But this it hasn't been the case. Uh, we let's start with good news. Let's start with good news because we want to start everything with the right foot. Um, Kenya finally, finally, um, kind of like finalized her divorce, right? Uh, to me, that it's a win. We're not going to get deep into it because we had seen it for like many, many years. And all I want to say is like, finally, we know that Kenya is free from all this drama that's just been going on for many, many seasons. And it's really amazing to see that uh, somebody that we have watched on our TV, somebody who has been trying really hard to end this chapter in her life, uh, finally had gotten the opportunity to... You know, don't have to deal with it anymore, right? Um, to me, the best part of this whole situation is, is that when Atlanta comes back to our screen, uh, we're finally going to have a new Kenya, a Kenya that is not involved with this man anymore, and she can move forward. I think we're going to see a happier Kenya when um, um, Atlanta comes back. That's for sure, you guys. I am... Um, I am really excited. <laughs> Perfectly is asked me, what is your skin routine? Your skin looks amazing. <laughs> well, I don't have like a skin routine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, I use these products called New Face. And this is not a uh, an advertisement. I literally buy that because I like it. I get their... Um, creams and moisturizer they have also a machine that keep your face really um tense and it, it looks really good right um i use the mdna by madonna's uh face wash and i also use the mdna rose 
um, water that you spray on your skin just to keep it moisturized during the day. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I want to talk about all the shows that we had this week. We had Salt Lake City. We have. Um, we also had Atlanta, uh, Potomac, Beverly Hills, uh, Miami. We had Southern Charm, Southern Hospitality. And I'm telling you, there's more to come. Uh, we should be getting really, really soon the the trailer for uh, Dubai and the trailer for Summer House. Because Winter House is ending. The best part of Winter House is going to be the reunion. I do know for a fact that it gets really, really juicy. If you love Summer House, I think it's going to be an amazing, an amazing um, finale. I mean, if you enjoy Summer House and Winter House, I'm a big fan. Anybody who knows me knows that my biggest, most like exciting show that I always wait for are the ones that are not housewife related. I love Summer House. I love Winter House. I love Southern Charm and I love Southern Hospitality. And we're going to get deep into this too because there are some dramas and some topics that I really want to dissect and make sure that we as viewers understand the repercussion of these uh, um, shows, right? Um, Salt Lake City. The latest still in uh, Bermuda, right? Uh, we were expecting to see Monica's family and they canceled her. So now the ladies are throwing a uh, birthday party for her, right? At the beginning of the show before they go into this um, family meeting that Monica was going to have. Everything seems really exciting. Um, I'm just shocked that Monica called Lisa Barlow to share with her what Meredith said about Angie K. Because to be honest, I was not expecting that friendship or that like um, moment. They've been fighting from the beginning of the of the show, and Monica calling her to me felt really random. I don't know about you guys, but I do not understand how this uh, moment happened. A lot of people are saying that Monica was producing so Lisa can have an argument with Monica for with Meredith, uh, which is very interesting because now there are rumors that Monica is the one that created the account that sent out those, um, you know, uh, DMs about NGKs being on the mafia or whatever, right? I think that's such a stretch, you guys. I'm tired of this, like, burner account sending tips to housewife that it seems very bizarre, right? One thing is if, like, a Bravo account, like a content creator account gets into the mess. We've seen it. It's not fun. I'm not here for it. I have never been trying to get involved in any type of drama, even though, even though I did get dragged into it last season of Beverly Hills by just the circumstances. If you guys don't remember, if you guys don't remember, uh, I posted a tweet, you know, remember when uh, Diane Jenkins used to say Garcelle instead of, you know, she will spell Garcelle with double L without the E, right? And I think Garcelle said, like, Google me, you know, uh, so you can know what about me? 
to Diane. And I posted a shady tweet saying, uh, I screenshot my Google screen with Garcelle's name misspelled and said, like, this is how Diane Jenkins um, searched for Garcelle's name. And Garcelle commented on it. She laughed. She loved it. Garcelle and I have a beautiful uh, friendship, you know. Um, so um, then I don't know how this tweet was uh, screenshotted by Diana Jenkins. And she said that people are making fun of her and the fact that she lost a baby and some kind of other stuff that was such a reach. And that trigger, that tweet that I made, somehow got involved in those like farm uh, tweets and and bots that attacked our cell son. It, it was a hot mess. And even though I know I was not the person who um, orchestrated the whole thing, my tweet somehow got in the mix. And to be honest, being involved in housewife drama like that shouldn't be our job to do like as a content creators, right? I know other content creators who love, who love to get involved in the housewife shit. Like, you know, like some people have the time to go and buy uh, Teresa's uh, pizza oven to give to March for no reason. I'm like, girl, get a job. A hobby. Go touch grass. Our job as content creators is to watch a show, is to create content around the show, not to get involved in the drama because that is why sometimes the drama gets so dark. When people purposely work with housewives to like push a narrative and that is not our job to do. Like one thing is we get tea. If we get tea from a housewife or a Bravo uh, talent, you know, we're gonna we're gonna tweet about it, we're gonna talk about it because that is different. But being directly involved in manufacturing uh drama against another housewife with the help of a content creator, to me that's just freaking stupid. Um, but back to Salt Lake City, like I was saying, Monica's talking to Lisa Barlow about this whole NGK being in the Greek mafia. Also told that was Meredith the one who told her when they were at Sundance and all this stuff, right? I'm still scratching my head. I don't know what you guys feel about it. Um, one thing that I felt, I felt really bad for Monica. Some people online are saying that she was never going to meet these people, right? That she was not going to really um, meet her family and that she did it for storyline. And then she blamed her mom. And then her mom came forward saying that she was not involved in the family canceling on her. Instead, she was the one who told producers that they have family there and that she was going to be the one contacting them for this to happen. It seems like the family in Bermuda didn't want to get involved in the whole thing. Uh, maybe they didn't feel like their house was ready to be shown on a TV show. They even... I don't know who posted it online. Uh, somebody posted, I read the tweets and the comments saying that 
uh, her family contacted uh, Monica saying that they were going to meet at a friend's house that is, you know, like beautiful, has a pool and all this stuff. So it seems like the family was not really into the idea of being on a reality TV show. Don't blame them. Because as soon as you get involved in a reality TV show, your life is exposed. Not even if you are a full-time or a part-time or a guest of the show. As soon as your name is on a TV show and your face is on it, millions of people are going to Google you. Millions of people are going to try to find your past, your present, and even your future, right? So um, not everybody is made for this. Not everybody has the, uh, um, I will say, the, the 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 tough skin or the interest to be exposed to the world. And that is a valid reason for them to cancel. I did feel bad for, for Monica because it seemed like she truly wanted to meet her family. Um, the girls, the kind of like rally... To help her feel better, um, I appreciated the fact that even though they all were having issues with Monica, there was a sense of uh, you know friendship and sisterhood. But we all know that that is bullshit because they hate each other. That's the reality of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is one of the few franchises when you know for a fact that their friendships are not as you know strong. Just say that. Let's just say that their friendships are not as strong as other franchises, right? I do think that it has become a little more obvious as the seasons go by, and they become more popular, and um, they are more aware of how fans see them, right? I love the Salt Lake City girls. I love Lisa Barlow. I love Whitney Rose, Meredith, NGK. Um, I, I love Mary, and I, I I can't even say that Monica was extremely nice at BravoCon. I have never met Heather in person, or I interact with her beside like Instagram and Twitter, and she unfollowed me on Instagram and Twitter. How dare she? How does she dare to unfollow me? And since then, I was like, nope. No, no, no. We are not friends. But um, it was just because I said that the choir was a joke of a storyline. That's all I said. And it's true. That was a joke. That was a joke. And even on this season, I still feel like Heather is the girl who doesn't do much on the show. But somehow she ended up sitting next to Eddie. That's the reality that we're going to see on this uh, reunion. I do understand that there's going to be a situation in a couple of episodes where Monica goes really berserk on, uh, I mean, Heather is going really like crazy on Monica for some reason. What it is, we don't know yet. We kind of have an idea because this whole lawsuit situation and like the fact that like Monica was uh, one of the clients and she never paid. And then she complained, and the Botox were done right. I don't know. Whatever it was, uh, it seemed like Heather did not know that she was that person that was trying to sue her and almost like kind of like bad mouthing her business, right? 
Another situation that I'm very interested on is the fact that during this like pirate dinner, they were talking about sex, right? And Heather somehow felt so offended about the conversation. I do not understand how Miss Bad Mormon, who spoke about sex so openly on season one, somehow uh, she's offended about a simple, fun conversation between women at a table. She was judging Monica. She was judging everybody. I don't know. It doesn't seem like on brand. Like she, she's been talking about being a bad Mormon for four seasons. She wrote a book about it. And I don't know. I don't know. She's not living up to the expectations and the um, this whole thing of being a bad Mormon. Honestly, she does have qualities to be a bad Mormon, but does she like have what it takes to uh, have that image on the show? No. She she might be like the girl who drinks and stuff like that, but when it comes to be like a bad girl, she has like no qualities about it. That's just my opinion. I am interested to see how this is going to move forward and how are we going to find out about this whole Monica versus Heather. Because the last few minutes was about exposing Meredith as the person who started the rumors, who also went ahead and showed Monica the um, the Bernard account. And we also found out that Lisa Barlow has a cyber security team behind her. I mean, she has seven lawyers, a cyber security team, a $60,000 uh, glam squad. I mean, she is her own business and she's not afraid to show it. And hey, like Whitney was wondering, do I need a cyber security system? Maybe I do. Maybe I should hire some so I can so I can expose all the trolls on my Twitter account. But um yeah, the last episode was quite interesting, and I'm really excited for Salt Lake City. It's having one of the best seasons like as a franchise and across the board. Um the whole cast is clocked in. The whole cast is bringing a lot to the table. The whole entire cast is being messy, petty, funny, delusional, uh, and all in between. And it's what it makes a great housewife show. Um, it's, it's what is missing in some other franchises. Like, at least this trip to Bermuda was, you know, it looks it looks good. It looks like fun. It looks like they went to a really awesome um like, um, what's it called? A resort. It's not like, it's not giving low budget, like going to a freaking chicken shit bingo in Austin. Now, we're going to get to that part, you guys, because that was low budget to the lowest. Like, this is not giving low budget. This is getting like overdraft in a bank account. This is literally overdraft. It's not low budget. There was no budget and it went overdraft. That's how bad that was. Who made that decision? Who signed up for this chicken shed bingo? He was given like parking lot at Walmart. Not even inside Walmart, the parking lot. Don't get me started because we're gonna we're gonna get spicy with that one. Um Winter House. 
I'm going to just simply say that I am not liking the way that Alex is, um, you know, trying to make Danielle seem to be a little unhinged. And he says one thing to some people, and then he says all the stuff to Danielle. And obviously, Danielle is confused herself because they, like in a couple episodes, they had sex, and then he went 20 minutes later and tried to like hook up with another girl and flirt and stuff. And like, I understand that they are on vacation, but those things seem nice to me. Uh, I'm Team Danielle, P- period. She, she might be hurt. From a previous uh, breakup, she might be trying to deal with the whole the whole emotion as the show goes on. But like, I do feel like a lot of fun stuff was so removed from it just to focus on the fact that they were having a very crazy vacation fling, and um, they are trying to make Danielle look like the crazy one. And I, I'm sorry, that's not the case. That's not what I think it is. And it's sad to see that a show that is supposed to be chill because winter should be chill, like uh, Kyle Cook says. Um, it seems like it's just um, they're forcing the drama to be the center of attention when the center of attention should be the parties. And getting drunk and being stupid during vacation with friends. That's what I like to watch during Summer House and Winter House. And I'm excited for the new Winter House because we know what is coming. I mean, it's not going to be like the center of the show because it happened towards the end. The whole Lindsay and Carl um, breakup and calling out the wedding. Uh, but we're going to see how that like head towards that, you know, and how the, the, the girls rally uh, to help Lindsay and to make sure that she's fine, right? Okay, let's talk about Beverly Hills. Because, oof, what an episode, you guys, from the beginning to the end. That was something. That was crazy. That was totally unhinged in so many levels. Um, I do believe that those who didn't take Beverly Hills seriously definitely are shocked. On this episode, we see Sutton trying to, um, you know, kind of understand why Kyle is acting the way that she is. And she's also planning her four-year anniversary for Sutton Concept. Which is her store in uh, in Beverly Hills, right? Um, my my thing with this whole thing with Kyle at the, on the during the beginning of the episode, we see her interacting with uh, Mauricio, and the more that they were trying to look natural on camera, the more they look like they are having issues. And to me, that's the problem. To me, is the reason why. Uh, a lot of people are like, why were you trying to shame Sutton for asking the question that it seemed obvious? And I and trust me, I understand that Kyle was going through a hard time because she lost her friend. That is very clear. 
that is happening. But Kyle has been the woman who literally, literally told LVP that she was going through a hard time or that she had stuff going on when LVP was telling her while they were friends that she was, you know, dealing with antidepressant medication after losing her brother. And Kyle kind of like, you know, brush it off and act to like that, that whatever issue she was having was like the bigger issue. She was not a real friend. And she has always been that person saying, hey, we need to be honest. You have to like whatever. Let's not forget what happened with, with the, uh, Denise Richards, right? Denise Richards was going through a uh, custody battle while she was filming um, her last season on the show, right? And the whole cast was aware. The whole entire cast knew what Denise was going through, and Denise requested that that conversation should not be had on the show. And every single cast member signed up and said, we will not talk about this. When Denise said that she was working or coming from work, work was a code for courtroom date. Right? And a couple of times during the show, Kyle kept pushing the knee, talk about it, and that's when the famously uh, quote came from the whole bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. And when then he said, like, Kyle, I'm not doing this with you, I'm not doing this with you, and she looked at the camera and stopped production, and then production gets mad. Yes, Production got mad because production wanted her to talk about it on, on the screen. After they said, we are okay with you not saying anything because we know that this is a legal case that it shouldn't be talked about on a show because it's an ongoing case. Like uh, Candy said last night on Potomac, it's not smart to talk about a case of national TV that is ongoing because you want to make sure that you finish that, that chapter in your life that you are done with it, and then you can talk about it. And that's what Denise was trying to do. So the fact that Kyle is so upset that Garcelle and Son are questioning her marriage that is obviously going through struggle, that is obviously um, not in the best place because she hasn't shared enough with the group. And she always pushes people to share everything with the group so she can produce Something, but when it's time for her to produce her own story and her own storyline, she hides behind her tears and her anxiety. And it's not fair. So, yes, it, it, it really, really, really sucks to go through a separation on TV. It really sucks to go through, you know, a, a very hard time in your life. But that was exactly what many, many other housewives on Beverly Hills has gone through. And Kyle pretty much pushed them out of the show. Like LBP. That season that LBP left Beverly Hills. She was going through losing her brother. She was going through, um, if I'm not wrong, she also lost, was it her mother? Um... During that was happening, I, I believe she was going through something heavy. She was taking antidepressant medication. And they knew that. They knew that she was on her weakest because she was emotionally exhausted. 
and they looked for any reason to get her out of the show. And the only way they did it was they all gang up against her by plotting and by creating the whole poppy line storyline that we know was fabricated for the the five sisters of the apocalypse. They blame Lisa Vanderpump for saying the story. And every outlet in the media has come forward and said she did not sell that story to us. Allegedly was another Lisa on the show. You're saying. I also find it very funny when uh, people talk about Sutton's um, spousal support or whatever, the, uh, the money she got from her divorce. There was a moment where Sutton was really happy to share with the world that she has kept Sutton comes open for four years with nobody's help, which is in fact true. Yes, yeah, she's using her, um, she is using her spousal support, but that's her money. When the check comes in the mail, it comes to her name. That's the truth. This is not like, um, this is not, this is not even a contest to be questioned. I think that producer did not think that true trying to be shady. Uh, but when you get money from divorce, that technically is your money by legality. When you are married, you are legally bonded with your financials, either your, you know, your assets or your debt. Kane Cordova said Lisa Hushton only gets 800000 Well, maybe Lisa Hushton should call uh, Sutton to, to know how to get her divorce right. That's what she should, she should do. I do believe that she gets 300000 per month because that is a legal paper. She, I mean, it's a, it's a legal paper. It's not like she's making stuff up. She can lie about this because um, a lot of this information is public record. So, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't know if you guys know how marriages work, but when you are married, you are bonded financially. So if your spouse owes money, that's also your debt. If you make money, the, the household income is a thing. When both people are bringing money to the household, that is something the no matter who makes more or whatever, the total of the household income belongs to both parties. So when there is a separation or a um, um, a divorce, that money is split in some kind of way. Some states is 50-50. Some states is depend on what the court decides. Some states is whatever the, the lawyers decide to be, right? So in Sun's case, if she invested the money that she was given to, it's still her money. She's not stealing it from the orphan and, and, and the widows. She's not building her career on orphans and widows' money. That is the truth. It's not shade. It's true. It's a fact. Um, so maybe those who are saying online that Sutton uh, didn't understand 
that that was saying her money. Maybe they should have a little more understanding of how divorces work. The best part of this whole thing is that people don't know that when Sutton and her husband got married, they didn't have that money. That money was built by both of them over time. They became wealthy together. They were high school sweethearts. She did not marry the man for money. And maybe that's why it's, it's, it's painful for her that the marriage ended. But obviously, Sutton is not stupid. And she said, like, you are, if we're getting divorced, I'm going to fight for my part of this. And rightfully so. Right? Based on what I understand of their divorce, Sutton herself found out they were that wealthy in the divorce process. She didn't even know that they own baseball teams. And while she was working with her husband, she was the person who would be the social butterfly. She would be the one hosting parties. She would be hosting you know, the investor. She would be doing the part that brings the money in. Because for those who maybe have no understanding how society works, yes, a lot of business, businesses happen in, the, uh, um, in rooms behind closed doors in a building, you know. But most of the bigger investments don't happen in a cold building. It happened at a party. It happened at a uh, having dinner with investors. It's inviting the investor to your home. It's ha- having the, the wife talk to the other wives uh, to make sure that they feel like family. Obviously, the ones who never been involved in this world don't understand how it works. So when I see people saying the son doesn't deserve this money because he didn't work for it, maybe, maybe you should know how much effort and time she put into making sure that the investors that were working with her husband were entertained. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, one of the moments that I really love about the show especially Beverly Hills now is the fact that they are focusing a lot on their uh, families they are having a lot of moment with their actual families um, we saw a dinner between uh, we saw a dinner with Garcelle her son and her son's girlfriend and their dynamic is just so so Amazing. I loved Garcelle's dynamic with her sons. Even though they have two different personalities, you know, Jax and Jay, I I like the fact that we are seeing this. We've seen these kids growing up. We've seen these kids like uh, share stuff with her mom, um, talking about stuff that maybe all the parents will not talk about with them, right? Garcelle has been very open about her family and we are getting to know them even more and more as the season goes on. Um, we have we we lost a little bit of that part in Beverly Hills. Like we used to see, you know, the parties for the kids and the 
And we saw the the Umansky girls uh, growing up. We saw, you know, Kyle's daughters. We saw them growing up on our TV. We saw them having party, being, in, you know, uh, starting businesses. And um, yeah, so I'm happy that we are going back to that. We were so laser focused on, you know, Erica's issue and whatever drama was happening that everything else was removed for like almost two to three seasons, right? And now that we are moving into more like old school housewife, we are having great moments, including that dinner. We wouldn't have those type of moments if we were still focused on this goddamn Erica issue. And even though it's very important and it should be talked about, I do believe that it sucked the life out of the show for two seasons. It was like, I was hate watching my favorite franchise. Because for those who don't know, Beverly Hills is my favorite housewife franchise. I love every single show in Bravo. But there are shows that over time became my anchor to stay watching Bravo. And even though I love, you know, Ronnie, uh, I love Atlanta, uh, I love New Jersey. uh, There's something about Beverly Hills since day one that... Look, I even forget about Orange Orange County. It was the, the franchise who started everything. And I hate Orange County. Like, hate it. I mean, I don't hate it, like, not to watch it. But it's my least favorite franchise when it comes to Housewife. I don't understand it. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's edgy or interesting or rich. Because let's be honest, Orange County is just soccer moms with a little extra money. They're not like the only person in that show that changed everything in Orange County and made me excited about Orange County was Heather Dubrow. When she joined Orange County, it became wealthy. Everybody else is just soccer moms with a little extra credit card to me. Uh, But Beverly Hills changed that i was like obsessed with lisa vanderpump i was obsessed with adrian malouf their wealth their opulence their extravagant life lifestyle their houses i don't know if you guys remember those mansions in season one were absolutely incredible we went from like palaces to modern houses in Encino, which they're still really expensive too, don't get me wrong. But if you put season one's house, like Lisa Vanderpump's or Adrian Malouf versus Kyle's now, I mean, those houses were in another level, right? Um, like I said, like I am excited that we are finally getting back to what it was, you know, family situations, um, money and and crazy stuff and pettiness, you know, fighting over, um, like nonsense, nonsense. I really like somebody who, no matter what, they're gonna start. They're gonna 
thrive, right? Somehow. And I'm going to give Erica James her flowers. Everybody knows I'm not a fan. I've never been. And I never will. Because um, no matter how we try to paint it, I still believe that she was somehow involved in this whole orphans and widows situation, right? Do I believe that she was the mastermind? No. Do I believe she looked the other way to avoid being poor? Yes. But now in, in this episode, she finally signed her residency. And I make quote, uh, air quote sign because that is not a residency. That is a karaoke, um, a karaoke show at a bar in Vegas. That's what it is. It costs $7 to go see it. It's not a residency. It's not Adele's. It's not um, uh, Britney or Katy Perry. This is a bar show with a karaoke. And um, it's kind of more like if you guys live in New York City and you go see the, the, the drag queens at a brunch, that's exactly what it is. So, but I'm happy for her. I mean, I'm really happy that she is going back to her musical career. If we want to call it that. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something really shady, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. Musical career. Um, but somebody with a real career, as a businesswoman, you know, Sutton... I love the fact that Sun has grown to be not only a great businesswoman, but also a great housewife. Um, her confessionals are gold. We know that she doesn't keep anything to herself on those confessionals. I, I must say, Sun has been given so much this season, especially in confessionals, that... It's becoming more and more evident that the show needs her. And it's one of those people that nobody saw coming. Seeing her having that party and inviting people to, to the party. And, you know, like um, we saw we saw um, Kim Richards that came with Kyle at her plus one just to make sure that Sutton knew that they were okay. Funny thing is Sutton said, like, in a confession, like, well... I guess Kyle is good with one of her sisters. Um, it got awkward at times because not only Kim is a little awkward socially, I believe. I mean, she's seen a little awkward. I mean, I'm not saying that she's on, on anything. That I don't think she's on anything. I just think that Kim is socially awkward. And that's okay. So people handle social environments in, in different ways. Some people are very extroverts and they know how to handle like conversation with random people with people that, who that they don't know they've never seen before and then you see people who can barely keep a conversation because they feel so awkward or they feel like they don't know what to say so they just say whatever to keep a conversation then people are just like crickets right there is a part of the show that I I was really, really upset about. Because I do not believe that a medical worker 
in this case, Emery, who's a nurse. She's not a doctor. Let's make sure that we have that clear. She's not a doctor. She's a nurse. She doesn't have the, the qualifications and the credentials to call herself a doctor, right? Um, and to question certain in her medical um, history is repulsive. It's disgusting. If Emery wasn't a nurse, I'd be like, okay, this is just another housewife trying to have a moment. But this is a woman who works in the field and she knows that she shouldn't weaponize in her own career to discredit somebody else's medical issue. Also, just because you're a friend with Kyle doesn't mean that you have to come on the show and be her mouthpiece. Because what happened to Diane Jenkins becoming Lisa Renner's mouthpiece last season, she lasted one season and the fans hated it. Because as a fan, you realize that they planned this before the show started. Emery did not know Sutton whatsoever. She was not on the none of how Sutton behave or acts or if she drinks, if she doesn't drink, if whatever. So on every turn, she's been going after her for no reason. So it becomes obvious that Kyle can do her own work. So she sent out a uh, freaking Emery and it's flopping so hard because not only she say stuff out of thin air, when somebody confront her about that opinion, she backtracks. Because as we see in that moment when Sutton is talking to her, uh, and Sutton said, like, well, do you want my health insurance car? She started to backtrack a little bit because she felt the heat coming again, like, towards her, right? Um, and good for Sutton. She shouldn't be dealing with this shit. She shouldn't be having somebody question her medical history. It's not Emery's uh, job to try to discredit it. I'm happy that Sun said, like, you're not my doctor, know your place, know your lane. Um, and then she went and, and she said, like, we all, she said, hold on, should we all go get my esophagus stretch as a group? I'm like, good for you, son, for not giving two flying fucks about what Emery has to say. Right? This woman came on the show and so far it's giving nothing. It's giving friend of vibes. I don't I'm not invested. I don't care for her. And I didn't care for her before because I knew what her husband believed and put out in the universe. I'm not gonna get into it because I'm not gonna get like talking about people's hateful comments on the community. I'm not going to talk about how people question the existence of transsexual people and transgenders. I'm not going to get into that. But if you want to go ahead and find out what Emery's husband is spewing online, go Google it. And you will understand why. When she was announced as a full-time, I was like, I'm not interested in getting to know this person because I know enough to know that I don't, I will never like her. And then we found out that her husband, allegedly, it's uh, a sexual predator and he was protected by the, the university so he could like continue his like whatever news career or his sport career, even though the victim 
was very vocal back then. And it resurfaced recently because obviously a victim needs to get justice. And then Emery went on internet, went on Instagram to defend her husband's behavior. Second red flag, I had enough. And no, third red flag. Because the first one is marrying somebody who's transphobic and being very quiet and even supporting some people who actually are very vocal against the community. Then we, ha we have her also questioning Sutton's uh, medical history and weaponizing her own um, experience as a medical worker to try to discredit it, which is disgusting. And now we have her also being a, a sexual predator's um, you know, kind um, of uh, uh, like a defender. Like she's defending her husband. She she is uh, um, describing the accusations when the victim was very vocal back then when it happened, and nobody paid attention because he was on his way to become like a sport commentator and, and commentator or whatever, and the university protect him. So go Google this stuff. I'm not making this shit up. This is exactly why I decided not to give Emery time of day. And the more they show her on the show, the more she showed her ass. So, yep, that's what I believe is happening in Beverly Hills. And it's going to get really cool. As uh, I don't want to say cool. Cool sounds like cool but it's gonna get interested when they go to to spain i'm very excited i for those who know i'm a spaniard i was born in spain i moved to america when i was 13 so i'm i'm spaniard and american I'm, i have dual citizenship um but i want to see how they take the culture and how um they put it on the show. I'm kind of curious. I am happy that my favorite franchise is going to be going to my homeland. I'm so excited. Um, let's talk about real quick about Miami. Miami is becoming quite um, the show. <laughs> uh, Kiki is not holding back on her um, annoyance with um, Lisa Hodgson talking about Lenny all the time. Trust me, I'm, I'm team Lisa when it comes to her getting what she deserved as the victim of what Lenny did. I do hope she gets more money because $8,000 as uh, child support sounds ridiculous. Um, but I also feel like if I was in that situation, being friend with her and trying to support her and knowing that she um, she found a new man and she is rebuilding her life, I do believe that it will be so fucking annoying to listen this conversation over and over again. Like, girl, move on. Move on. When Lenny's not around, when you are not going to the court and when you are with your friend, think and talk about something else. Because the universe is giving you a good man, a um, an amazing family with your kids, and great friends, and you are still on a reality TV show. You're still blessed. Move forward. 
it feels like you are a little wishing. This is what I feel like. I feel like she wishes Lenny will turn around and take her back. And I hope I'm wrong because Lisa, it's a beautiful woman. It's very smart when it comes to like, you know, businesses and whatever. Like now she has this like um, Aroma 360 like partnership. I've seen the commercials online. They keep popping on my Instagram because my Instagram knows that I'm obsessed with housewives. So they show me every single housewife merchandise. (laughs) I'm not joking. Um, But yeah, like, girl, move on. We don't want to hear it either. As a viewer, it gets annoying too. Because we we like you, but please stop talking about Lenny. Like, move on. Doesn't mean that you have to forget what it happened. Doesn't mean that you can't talk about it. It doesn't mean that you can't talk about what you're going through. But just know that it cannot be the only conversation that you have with your friends because then they will feel like you are using them. That's how a lot of people feel like when you only call them for a reason. When you only call a friend to complain about something, you become like heavyweight on the friendship and people go through shit too people go through a really hard time so it's hard for them to share with you know with you their the hardship in life because they think that it will be you know an inconvenience for the friend right so just know just know people do care about you people do want you to do better but people don't have to listen to you talk about lenny all the time Right? Okay. Let's talk about Southern hospitality. No, charm. Let's go to the to the to the Southern Charm first. Because Southern Charm is having a a great season. Don't get me wrong. I like this season. I'm just kind of upset. I'm gonna be honest to you guys. I'm pissed with Southern Charm in the way that they did my fate. Like um I love Leva so much. I love Leva so much, and I hate the way that the producers have decided to make her like a background character, to give her little to no screen time, and to kind of like make her look like she's only there to talk to the other cast about the cast issue, and she can share her own stories. Because let's not forget that Leva is the most successful person in that cast. She owns a hospitality empire in Charleston. She is literally, literally someone who came on the show already having that empire. And the fact that Bravo, I don't I don't want to say Bravo, but the producers of the show, because let's not forget that Bravo doesn't produce the show. Bravo hire uh, production companies to do that. And then they just air. Obviously, Bravo has saying on some stuff in the process, but production decide pretty much what storylines they're going to focus on, right? Or who are they going to like highlight? 
And the fact that we literally had Leva on our TV, mainly on confessional, to me is so disrespectful. The same thing happened to Vanita. Vanita is a fashion girl. She has worked hard to become a fashion influencer. She has been on Fashion Week many times. She's been invited to many stuff. And we never see that on the show besides being kind of like only Madison's friend. That's all the show about her life. Besides, obviously, like having a boyfriend or whatever, but we never see anything else. And I do not believe that somebody who became a fashion influencer has nothing to offer besides being somebody else's friend. Just like Leva is more than just like Olivia and Taylor's friend on the show. I I don't think Vanita is just uh, Madison's friend. It's the same way they did with Rodrigo. You know, we have the first gay Latino on Southern Charm and pretty much the first gay Latino in like franchises across the board in the Bravo network. And he is being pretty much deluded to being Austin's friend. I see a pattern. I don't know if you see it, but I see it. And Rodrigo has a very, very successful business. Rodrigo has a very successful marriage in a town that still has a little of the old school Southern mentality. And we know nothing about him because they didn't give him the chance to blossom on the show. Besides just being Austin's friend. I think that's just plain disrespectful. But on the other hand, we see, you know, Austin fighting with Shep about this whole Taylor thing. And I'm happy that finally Austin is getting what he deserved because he's been playing the victim for too long and acting like he's the victim of Taylor's doing when honestly it takes two to tango and Taylor has done a lot, a lot to, you know, to apologize and do what is right to do and stuff like that. Austin had done nothing about it and he seems to just get away with it. And Shep is... Supposed to be, you know, his friend and he needs to forget about stuff and whatever. I do not believe that Shep should just keep her mouth shut and let Austin get away with it. And I'm happy that we saw this like interaction where we finally see Shep's real emotion regarding Austin hooking up with Taylor. I also like the Madison Justin doesn't care for Austin anymore as much. So she says what she needs to say and just walks away. Austin almost let it slip that it seemed like it was more than a kiss. I do believe it was just a kiss. I'm one of the few people who believe that it was just a kiss. Um, and Austin is loving the fact that he is somehow the victim. So he keeps pushing more about the story. He was the one who told Taylor not to talk about it on the show. And then he's the he's been the one just talking about it 
because everybody else is focusing on going after Taylor, right? Watching the show is exhausting when you see guys get away with everything, right? I, I don't want the show that I love, so in hospital, so in charm, to just focus on the three or four guys. And everybody else is just like in in in, in, in supporting act for them. Because honestly, that's how it feels like it, even even based on the on the sitting chart for this reunion, Olivia and Taylor, who were the people who were the most affected in this whole mess, are not even first chair. The first chair went to uh I just forgot, but I do know that it was, I think it was Craig and Austin. Let me go back and check because I want to make sure. I I do know there was two guys and I'm thinking why the hell and how the hell this happened. I don't think it's okay to just put the girls second and then the guys in the first place because it's like rewarding their their behavior is like giving them the opportunity to say, you know what? I sat next to Andy. Uh, actually, no. The first seats are Shep and Craig. Explain to me. Explain to me how Shep and Craig deserve the first seat. When we have Taylor and Olivia who actually have issues, who actually had a friendship, and both are hurt, are not sitting there. And then if you look at that reunion chart and wait the, in the place that they sat, Leva, uh, Rod, Vanita, and Rodrigo, you will see what I was trying to say before. Because last time I checked, Leva is closer to Olivia and Taylor than Madison and Austin. I understand Austin being a little higher because he was part of the drama. That if you ask me, at least Leva should have been sitting next to Olivia. But she was that pretty much at the end of the, the, the couch. And that is my take on Southern Charm. Now let's talk about Southern Hospitality, hospitality real quick. We're still talking about Leva firing um Lucia, I love both of them. I love Lucia so much because she she was one of my first Bravo left that I, I actually interviewed for my show. And we clicked. We clicked so hard because we are both from like, you know, Spanish speaking backgrounds. And, you know, both have like, you know, very like the same kind of sense of humor. So we had a connection. Obviously, I do understand the reasoning behind her getting fired. Do I believe that she deserves a second chance? I hope she she gets it because she does. I mean, she's been friends with Lava for seven years. She had worked for her for a long time. But being in that position where, um, you know, where you have to decide between your business and making sure that people follow the rules 
in a friendship, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard position because you don't want to look like you are giving other people the chance and not to others. Based on what we had seen on this show and based on what Leva had explained on the show is that many people were fired for that same reason before obviously the show started filming. And this conversation about not drinking was done before starting filming. So it's basically you break the rule. You have to handle the consequences of your actions. I, I, I do appreciate that Leva and Lucia sat down and they both had a conversation. To me, it seems like an opportunity in the future. Maybe not right now. It's too fresh. But maybe there's a chance that, that Lucia might come back to one of her businesses or something. Or maybe Leva's going to help her to get another job somewhere else. Who knows? One person who just got a job with... Um, with Leva, and I'm actually truly enjoying is uh, Oshin O'Neill. He came on the show literally <laughs> with an OnlyFans pouring milk on himself and stuff like that. And based on what TJ said, is that it's only $12 to see his boner. And I mean, I'm kind of curious. I'm probably going to have to pay the $12 because I want to see what is in that OnlyFans. I have no shame. So I'm gonna probably going to end up paying the 12 bucks. He seems to target Will. I, I, I see the drama. I know where this is going to end. Maybe he's going to try to get with Emmy and Will's going to end up fighting with uh, Ojin, and and it's going to be interesting. This season is so entertaining because it's finally finding its own footing in the Bravo universe, right? The cast members are already comfortable filming. They are themselves. Like that scene when um, TJ and, and Bradley visit uh, Joe Bradley, and they were talking about the hangover cure, and and Joe Bradley said like jacking off is like his like favorite cure for a hangover. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Wink. Um, and then they pan to uh to Joe Joe Bradley's curtains. They are like filled with like. What it looks like, calm stains. And that conversation and dynamic is what is given that the cast understand what they need to do to give really good TV. I mean, it's really hard to to um to have a very organic first season in any type of reality TV environment just because. It's a uh, it's it's a weird setting. You have cameras, producers, audio people following you around, and it's hard to be yourself at the beginning. You have to give yourself time to feel comfortable having all the noise around you and mute the noise so you can focus on the situation and do it in a very organic way. And I do believe that even on this episode, only see it's only episode two of season two. And I see that in the cast. 
they are comfortable, they know what to do, they are given great one-liners and great moments. It's like Grace Lily is literally um, filming her confessional and she rips a fart and she stops, laughed, and continued like nothing happened. That right there is why she's going to become a really amazing reality TV star. Because she is comfortable enough to part during a confessional and just act like nothing is happening. Um, The other part of the show that is also crazy is seeing how Maddie is um, going through this breakup with Trevor. Um, That's hard to watch because she is very hurt. And it seems like Trevor is lying left and right. And he did say something that kind of like um, got stuck in my head and kind of made sense when he said that Bradley had like a, a reason to plant this, you know, see of like, you know, not trusting him because he, what Maddie did to him in a previous in the previous season, you know, like um be the reason why Bradley's girlfriend broke up with him because she heard from you know Maddie in, in her in her uh conversation about you know Bradley getting a blowjob in an alleyway, you know. So he had he has a motive, but Trevor's not doing any good to himself. He look he's looking guilty. He's looking like he fucked up. And let's see how that goes. I'm really excited for Soul Hospitality. I think if you haven't given a chance, go and watch it. I, I do think that Bravo uh score gold with this cast and it's amazing. A cast that I'm excited to see is Martha's Vineyard, Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I mean, that's another show that should be getting a trailer very soon because they filmed over the summer. Um, I know it's going to be dramatic. I know it's going to be good. And I love Jordan. I actually spent Friday night celebrating her birthday. It was amazing. I'm not going to give any details. There were some Bravo Labs in, in, in the mix. I'm not going to say much about it, but I really appreciate the fact that she invited me to this. I love her, and it was an amazing night. We had a fun time. Like I, I When I arrived, I told her, I feel like we are on that Lady Gaga moment when she said, like, no sleep, boss, club, another club, another club, another club, plane, next place, no sleep. That was exactly our experience during BravoCon, and that's how I felt to that night. And we were laughing about it. So, um, to my girl Jordan, I love you so much, and happy birthday! Happy birthday to my summer house, Martha's Vineyard, girly. I love you so much. I really do. Um, and to wrap this episode, let's talk about Potomac. I'm gonna be real quick because. This season has been, oof, hard to watch. Not that entertaining and quite um, underwhelming, I will say. Um, 
not very sure where it's, where it's going. The Austin trip is the lowest of the lowest budget I ever seen on a housewife. And we are even including Salt Lake City and the low budget trips in Salt Lake City and in nearby states because they couldn't fly too far because, uh, you know, we had Jen Shaw in the cast and she was not allowed to travel in some places. So it was low budget. But this is a whole new level of low budget. This is like overdraft. This is overdraft. Like they couldn't even pay the the $2 subway train trip. <laughs> overdraft. I don't understand this chicken shit bingo. I'm not interested on it. Um, it's giving parking lot at a Walmart that I had never been to <laughs> because it's I'm not a Walmart shopper. Never been. Never been in. I, honestly, I'm not lying to you guys. I had never been in a Walmart in my life. The only thing that I know about Walmart is that Paris Hilton asked. Somebody in her reality TV show, if Walmart is a place where they sell wall stuff. And that was to me iconic, but I've never been in one. And the videos that I've seen online are frightening, are scary. It seems like a very scary place, and I'm not gonna go in. I like adventures, but that's not one that I wanna that I wanna take on. But um, besides the whole chicken shit, I love Karen's reaction because as we know, she's afraid of chickens and she has this chicken reaction or whatever. We have seen it for many seasons. So, so like when we saw, when I saw her like reacting to the chickens, I was like dying laughing. There was a conversation. I'm not going to get into this because it's not my place to talk about. But um, Giselle approached Karen and she was talking about how she felt regarding um, what Candy had said at the reunion and what she said online and all the stuff. But uh, I, 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 some stuff are consequences of your mouth not even actions mouth when 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 you are so um so adamant to hurt somebody's relationship you got to you got to understand the consequences are going to happen she also shared that you know also she got like death threats and stuff that is disgusting if you are doing that fan viewers or uh, viewers or uh, non-viewers, whatever it is, sending death threats to a Bravo Lab, to me, is, is disgusting. I don't care. I don't care how people want to put it. It's unnecessary and it's not funny. But I am not going to defend Giselle's consequences for her actions because Candace has all the right to to have a feeling 
and to defend her marriage. That's what it is. Also, we saw the girls going kayaking, which is fun. I once again believe that this trip has been so low budget and I feel so bad for Karen because it seems like every single time that they plan a birthday party for Karen is either low budget or dramatic. Last season was during her birthday, uh, we saw Mia tossing a glass of drink or water or whatever on Wendy, on Dr. Wendy. So in this time, we have chicken shit and kayaking. <laughs> Please, people, if you are listening to me, do not ever plan this for my birthday because I will be packing my stuff and leaving you guys. Um, no, no, that's not for me. One thing that I'm tired about is this whole conversation about Juan. Robin keeps defending this man. And to me, it's just embarrassing to watch. I mean, okay, it's your husband. That's, I understand it. But the guy has so many red flags. They are so undefendable. And you are out here on national TV looking a fool by defending this man's action. You defend. You are defending his cheating behavior. You are defending the fact that he lost his job, not because of her, but because he made horrible mistakes along the way. He was part of a lawsuit for protecting a sexual predator in in uh, in his team. Uh, we also, based on what it was said, he looked the other way and didn't do what it was needed to protect this person. And then he's also going around with like um, some girl from from the team too, like doing laundry, and and he's uh, and then we see all the mess that happened last season with like the girl on Instagram, and he's saying that he was a good guy because he left his credit card at this girl's room because this girl was needing help. I'm like, no, boy, you need help. You need help, and maybe you need to start. Pushing this like like story in Robin's head because this is the case of somebody who is so um, manipulative that he is making her believe that is the cast fault that he lost his job and that is her fault for being in the show that he lost his job. I know the the, the show didn't didn't fire you. Your, your actions fire you from whatever you were doing. And also the fact that that um, Robin is crying because, oh my gosh, he doesn't have a job. What are we going to do? And then at the end, she said like, well, he got paid for her full contract. I understand that how contracts work. But the guy got 15 months of payment. Because his contract was that long and he's getting a free vacation. So he has 15 months to get a job. If this guy can get a job on 15 months, he's doing something wrong too. That is more than a long time. The longest that I've been without a job has been two weeks. Two weeks. So I don't understand why it's this like big deal. 
huge deal that he lost his job, but he's still getting his payment, his like salary, and he has 15 months to get a job. Maybe he should be getting a job now. He should be applying for jobs instead of being home calling uh, Robin in the middle of the day to make her cry on national TV. And she still defend the men. Honestly, you guys, I am not going to. I'm not going to. Like make any excuse. Or accept any excuse for the dynamic between Robin and Juan. Because at this point, it's her choice to stay in this marriage. It's her choice. To be with a man that is obviously manipulating her mind into having a whole mental breakdown on national TV. And the only way that Robin can excuse this mental breakdown is by deflecting it on somebody else. That's why she's so mad at Candace and so mad at Karen and so mad at Wendy. But... They are not the reason of the problem. Your own home, your own man is the reason of the problem. And because you decided to stay with this man, you are choosing to be in this tornado of problems. And as long as you stay in it, you're going to be spinning around, trying to find the, the reason of the problem somewhere else. And that, my friends, is the end of this episode. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who joined me tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. And once again, happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays. I'm going to plan a big get-together here on my podcast with other podcasters to close the, the year. We're going to do our best, bad, and worst Bravo moments, uh, our favorite fran uh, franchise, our favorite housewives, our favorite known housewife Bravo lives, our favorite moments of BravoCon. We're going to do it all. We're going to talk about it. We're going to mention it all. And I'm going to plan this for next week. Hopefully, I can do it next week. I do have my lovely sister coming into town for uh, to spend all the holidays with me, like to spend Christmas and New Year's with me. So... Uh, I might be a little busy with my family, so if you don't see me posting as much or whatever, just know that I am trying to enjoy the holidays with my family. But as we know, Bravo news kind of slowed down towards the end of the year. But I do want to make sure that we have uh, an event just like last year where I have all my friends come on my podcast and share their favorite moments, their favorite Bravo lips, and the not-so-favorite Bravo lips. Uh, so you guys have a great week. Um, there's many shows this week. As you guys know, we have Beverly Hills. We have Salt Lake City. We have Southern Charm, Hospitality. Uh, Potomac is Potomac is on a hiatus for two weeks. So we'll be back on January 8th. Um, until then, I am going to say goodnight. And I only ask you for one simple thing. I just want you to follow me on all my platforms, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, TikTok, uh, my podcast, Martini with Eddie on all platforms. You can also 
help me by simply rating my podcast. Leaving a rate on it, help other people to find it. Uh, share this podcast with your Bravo let, Bravo viewer, your Bravoholic friends. Um, I'm trying to, you know, to grow this community and my uh, my brand. So please, please, please make sure that you share all my social media with your Bravoholic friends. Okay, you guys, it was great seeing you all. And like I always say at the end of every single episode, I wish you guys a great week and bye besties.